Philippians chapter 2. Hilda, if you're okay, we'll have you pray over Mandy at the end of the service. Would you be okay with that? You don't know if you could. Well, amen to that. We'll, we'll let it be a game day decision. So when we get to that time, if you feel, we'll come to you. We'll come to you. Um, and then Denise, uh, we, we were curious if you might could pray uh, over her as well at the end of the service. Good stuff, church. We're, we're a family, folks. We're a family. And when one hurts, we all hurt. And I just wish I could find Philippians right now. There we go. <laughs> Philippians chapter 2. <laughs> New Testament, David says. Amen. I was reminded... One of my favorite stories, and we've already established that you guys have forgotten all my stories, so they're all new to me again. Andy Davis had passed, and I had just walked out of the room, and Brad was there, and Andy challenged us to help his wife and girls. and So it was a heavy load. And you all know my, my affinity to cigars, and... Um, not here to pick on anybody, but the Lord has said others may, but you cannot. And so it's not something that is available to me, but I desire it. And so I was hurting, and I was struggling, and I thought, doggone it, I'm going to get me a cigar. Now, y'all, I know y'all don't think like this. Del, Betty, Betty Carroll does think like this. Is she in here? No, shoot. Dale, you tell her I picked on her. All right. Hey, amen. But sometimes, as a pastor, you can get away with stuff 30 minutes from town that you can't get away with in town. <laughs> so I thought, well, I'm, I'm in Washington. None of our folks are here. It's 10 o'clock at night. I'm going into that convenience store, and I'm getting me a cigar. And so I got in there, and I'm fixing to pull one of those Swisher sweets because how does the Baptist bird go? Cheap, cheap. So I'm going to smoke a cheap cigar. And I looked down and I saw Pastor Kingston Bethel Baptist Church on my shirt that I had forgot I was wearing a Bethel shirt I put the cigar back down <laughs> I said see ya and I walked out I'm sure that person's still thinking that is that guy okay no he's not okay but I wasn't alone either I wasn't alone and even though in my weak moment and and you know church Sometimes when God says others may, but you cannot, he lets you in on why. I have an autoimmune deficiency in my lungs. My doctor told me 30 years ago, if you smoke, you're predisposed to cancer. So it, it's advantageous for Brother Ben not to smoke type thing. And so uh, when God puts a circle around your stuff, he, he, he's, he's trying to protect you. That's all he's doing. He, he's trying to tell you, don't hurt yourself. So today we're going to talk about love. We're going to talk about what love is. We're going to try to encourage you. It's a very simple, short message so that we can have time to pray here at the end. I know some of you, yeah, right, preacher. We'll see, right? Uh, Philippians chapter 2. Let's go ahead and stand for the reading and reverence of God's holy word. Again, this is not the first time we've looked at this passage just recently, but this is a perfect place to start for point number one. Love is a choice. 
If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Father, we ask you to add your blessings to the reading and preaching of your holy word. In Jesus' precious and holy name we ask it. Amen. You may be seated. Now, no matter your marital status, this message is to you on some level. When we started 26 years ago, we had a few divorced people that were extremely talented, gifted by the Holy Spirit. And we as a church community throughout the world were struggling with where do these divorced people fit. And so per the leadership of the Holy Spirit, I felt led to make sure everyone knew, and I'm saying this today, no matter where you're at, there are no such things as sub-Christian. There's not. So the divorcee, quote, unquote, stands level at the footing of the cross with the person that's been married for 60 years or whatever the case may be. Does the Bible have something to say about divorce? Absolutely. That's covered in other sermons and other times. This is where I've come to according to Scripture. Whoever you're married to now, it is God's will for you to stay married to them to the best of your ability. Is there scriptural divorce allowed? Absolutely. Again, covered in other sermons and other times. But it's so important that everyone within the hearing of my voice right now, you know I'm not shooting at you. I'm trying to tell you today that God wants you to love, and he wants you to love this way. Point number one, love is a choice. Love is a choice. You see, our world wants it to be everything but that. Our world wants love to be a feeling. I can't speak for you, but can I get a witness that feelings are fickle? Feelings are come and go type thing. And so feelings are wonderful, but feelings are not to be served. Feelings are not to be made decisions on. You make your decision and then the feelings come type thing. And so it's extremely important that we understand love is a choice. In this passage, he makes that extremely clear. He says, let, three times. That means make the choice. Make the choice that you are putting other needs, others' needs above your own. We don't do that on our own. We don't wake up with that mindset. I'm going to serve people today. We don't. And so that's why we have to train ourselves. We have to submit, if you will, to the discipleship of Scripture. And we have to choose to love one another. So this is something for the last couple of weeks I've been noticing and sharing with people. So yesterday morning, and our, Bethel was a busy uh, church yesterday. Hallelujah. We had folks uh, over at the MC, uh, sewing, preparing for uh, the Easter walk. We had uh, the 
preacher meeting going on here, missionary committee. We had folks working on the trail, getting Easter walk trail ready. We had at 2 o'clock cocoa and canvas, our ladies coming together to fellowship. It was a busy day. It was wonderful to see the building being used. You may or may not be aware of this, but there's one night that a week, possibly two, that this church is not being used for the kingdom work and the glory of the Lord. But we had an opportunity to meet with some of the preachers, and one of those is my son, Benjamin. And, you know, when the wives aren't around, sometimes things might be said that wouldn't be said if the wives were around. Now, with that said, Benjamin was not being gratuitously mean or anything like that. He was just acknowledging that what I have discovered is true also in their relationship. The first 10 years of most marriages is fight nights. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, oh yeah. You know, and, and, and you're trying to figure it out. You're bringing two scripts together, and you're just hanging on for dear life to try to survive. I get it. I get it. Dawn was not the issue in our first 10 years. Thank you for no amen, babe. <laughs> but it, but it, was, whew, it was on because I didn't like this, that, or the other. And it was walking across that asphalt that the Lord met me with his finger and said, the reason you're having a problem is because she has a rightful demand upon your time. And he was right. And I had to choose to die to that and love her even though I didn't necessarily agree with her. And God helped us. Now, I'm convinced that 10 years after that, you're just catching your breath. <laughs> I'm so tired. Whatever, hon. You know, and I'm kidding, but yet you're, it's getting easier to make that choice to love one another. And then the third 10 years, for me, has been amazing. I used to hear my mom and dad says, it only gets better. And I'm like, you lying. You lying. It's not, you can't hardly walk. How could it be getting better? Well, because they're not talking about physical blessings. They're talking about deeper and deeper love with their loved one. And I'm telling you, church, my wife and I both have had some of the best examples of men and women that love each other. Ken and Joe, Dwayne and Betty, we're just hoping that we get to those levels. I saw my mom and dad communicate in that hospital before dad died in ways only someone that has spent 40 and 50 years together can communicate. And I desire that for all of us in our relationships type thing. But love is a choice. And, and so we, we had another elderly gentleman sitting, uh, Brother uh, Mike, where you're sitting, and I asked him, how long you been married? I honestly thought 45, 50. He said, 60 years. They've been married for 60 years. I was at a concert in Branson. You were with me, babe. And, you know, the guy was asking couples, how long you been married? How long have you been married? And he got to one that said 60 years, and he said, how does that work? How do you do that? You know what the guy said? Don't die. <laughs> That's how you get to 60 years. Don't die and don't give up. It's a choice. Point number two. Point number two, and the scripture for this point is John three sixteen and 17. Love is a gift. Love is is a gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have eternal life. For God sent not the son into the world to judge the world but that he but that the world should be saved through him. Love is a gift. 
Now, these points all support one another. I've been told that for the lady, there's three words in her wedding that are most important to her. The aisle that she walks down, the altar that they kneel at, and the hymn that they sing. You put those three words together, and it says, I'll alter him. <laughs> and a lot of ladies go into the marriage thinking, I'm, I'm going to help this poor boy. <laughs> and please hear me, ladies. We need your help. Lord help. We, we need your help. But watch this. Very few men at that first stages of marriage are open to your help. You know, can I get a witness, ladies? Yeah, you're right. Uh, so, <laughs> easy, Brad. This is my time. But, <laughs> I had a, a, we went to a singles retreat, and I believe I knew Dawn at this time, but we had not, you know, found each other at this point, and he gave me some advice that very honestly helped tremendously, and the advice was this, do not enter into a relationship depending or hoping or thinking that this person is going to change to your expectations. If you're going into the relationship with those expectations, you need to find somebody else, and you need to change your expectations. You need to love them just the way they are. Now, church, we, we think, oh, well, wait a minute, Brother Ben. Well, for those of you that haven't chosen yet, you still got time to prepare yourself and make sure that this is your approach, if God calls me to this person, I'm going to love them for the rest of my life, no matter what type thing, because I believe love is a choice. Then, it, then once you've made the choice, watch this, love becomes a gift. Church, there ain't a one of us that deserve our wonderful mate. Not a one of us. Church, we deserve hell. That's what we deserve. But because of God's grace, he gave us his son. He gave us his son. And as a result, we've got the gift of love. Now we can turn around and love our wife or husband just the way they are. Now here's the beautiful part. God has every intention of changing every person in this building to look more like him. So I shared this with the first service. You know, preachers can be mean. I try not to be that guy. But preachers can be mean. And we went to a Bailey Smith conference where me and Brad were sitting next to each other. And he said, y'all turn to your left. And boy, we turned to our left. And he said, you tell that person, God loves you. So God loves you, Brad. Too much, too much to leave you like that. <laughs> and they went, oh, that's mean. But, but he really does. He loves us too much to leave us in our selfishness to leave us, if you will, in our ignorance of what really is best for our loved one and the such. So love is a gift. You're not loving that person because they're worthy of it. You're not loving that person because they're demanding it. You're loving that person because you're choosing to love them because God loved you. And this works in any relationship. It's not just a marital situation. This works towards the kids, towards the moms and dads, the moms and dads towards the kids, the workmate towards the workmate. Love is a gift. Point number three, love is work. Woo! Love is work. And I'm doing that woo, for Dawn's sake, not for mine. 
Love is work. Is there any other wife that can relate to my wife that their husband, bless his heart, he doesn't wear one set of clothes in a day's time. He wears three. Yeah, because I got to go to work, church, and then when I come home, I go to work out with the chickens and all that. You don't want to wear the same clothes, church. Trust me, I did that for a while. <laughs> that, that didn't work either. And so at the, by the end of the day, I've got three sets of clothes sitting there on that floor. Anybody else? Is, is Dawn the only one that has to struggle with that? All right. I do counseling. I do counseling. Love is work. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Turn there, if you will. I'm turning here in Dad's Bible. 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I become as a sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and the church at Corinth was so messed up that they were putting gifts one above the other. They were bragging to other people that they could speak in tongues and they could not type thing. And so Paul is trying to defeat that. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profiteth me nothing. And then he says it in verse 4. Love suffereth long and is kind. Love envieth not. Love vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Love doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, and is not easily provoked. Thanks, no evil. Love rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. And this is my favorite verse in this section. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Church, love is work. And you've got to sign up for it every day. I believe that with all my heart. One of the greatest things that you can do with your loved one is to pray with them before you get out of bed. Pray with them at some point in time in the day. Put your hands appropriately on one another. And so, in other words, not in a threatening manner. <laughs> this is not the right place. You know, here or here. Put your hands on one another and pray for one another. This was difficult for me to do because you know what you got to do for the husband towards the wife? You've got to submit to her to pray for you. That's a humbling thing to do. But can I tell you, after you get used to it, I just soon do that than me pray over her because I feel so needy and I desperately want her prayer over me. But if I'm going to love her and if I'm going to choose and I'm going to give her a gift of love, I'm going to pray over her also. And, and that... Guys, when you're praying over your wife or husband, that's not the time to complain to God about them. <laughs> that's the time to just give blessing. Love is work. Point number four, love is sacrificial. John chapter 15, John chapter 15, verse 8 through 13 says this, Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, 
and so shall ye be my disciples, even as the Father hath loved me. I also have loved you, Jesus says. Abide ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be made full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another, even as I have loved you. Greater love, here it is, hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Church, every person in here that loves someone, that love should be willing and able to be sacrificial. I'm going to sacrifice for you. You see, when you and I get to this type of love, then it's no longer a burden to do what that person needs you to do. Every person that I have done their wedding, I have said these words most likely. Sir, if you'll knock yourself out for her needs, ma'am, if you'll knock yourself out for his needs, you'll have a marriage that they'll do seminars about. And I believe that. And I believe we have marriages like that in this building. And, and I'm so grateful and thankful. You and I have to sacrifice for one another. Did you notice who he's referring to. He's referring to himself. I'm fixing to sacrifice for you. Do this for other people. Love God, love others, third place. When you and I understand the love that we've received, it becomes easier to love someone else, even when it's going to hurt, even when it's going to cost, even when it's going to be misunderstood. We love them sacrificially. Now, I agree with what Brother Brad says. Very few of us sacrifice very little compared to what Christ did. But the point is, is that we still should be willing to sacrifice for our loved one. We should be willing. Now, watch this. <laughs> The Bible says, find an enemy and love them. Love your enemies. So we should also be willing to sacrifice for our enemies. Do you remember the movie a couple, three weeks ago now? Uh, War Room, the husband who had been fired and the employer who had been less than kind, he sees him on the side of the road with a flat. What does he do? He gets out and fixes the flat. He sacrifices he was going to a competition. He got dirty. He sacrificed. In church, that's transformation. And that's point number five. When you and I make a choice to love, when we give love as a gift, when we work, when we sacrifice, number five, love is transformational. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. Don't know why my iPad just did that. Let me find my place again. Which is your spiritual service. It did it again. Stop it, would you? All right, here we go. I'm going to keep my finger on it. You know what? Let's turn <laughs> to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I, I could probably quote this, but I'm not going to uh, butcher it. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. 
I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God? To look more like Christ. To sacrifice. To work. To give love as a gift, to choose to love, it's transformational. Why would you do that? Because look what Christ did for me. I gave this advice in first service. Church, we have an ability, especially in 2024. What's the one sign you see on every business right now? Help wanted. We're hiring. No, you're not, because <laughs> ain't nobody applying, <laughs> you know, type thing. We are in a mess as a nation. Watch this, church. This is an opportunity for, it's okay, babe. This is an opportunity for Christians to change the narrative. It ain't about you. If you will go to work to make your employer successful, the whole world's going to go, mm-hmm. yeah. Why are you working that hard? You shouldn't be doing that. Come on, man, just put in your time. No, 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 you don't understand. I'm not working ultimately for him. I'm working for him. And he tells me to work as unto Jesus. But watch this. But I know that when I work hard for him, I know God's going to bless my employer. And whether he does the right thing or not, God's going to bless me. God's going to bless me. Work, sorry, love is transformational. When you and I love one another the way we should, when we choose, when it's a gift, when it's work, when it's sacrificial, it's going to change us. And watch this, guys. Usually someone has been that example to us first. My mom and dad, they sacrificed a lot for those three boys that they raised. I don't know if I can get through this, but I don't know that my mother, 50% of the time, got a piece of dessert. You know why? Because there wasn't enough left. And all of a sudden, mom was never hungry at dessert time. Oh, no, no, I'm not, y- y'all, you, you eat that, son. Well, Mom, don't you want... Babe, I'm fine. Listen, listen. She wasn't fine. She was loving me. She, she was loving me. My dad. Guys, on the first week that I started working for you 26 years ago, I made more than my dad ever made in a week's time at a church. They didn't pay in Arkansas as well as you guys. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb as far as you guys paying well. (laughs) I think things have changed in those churches in Arkansas. I hope I pray. But Dad sacrificed for us boys. He didn't drive new cars. He didn't have nice clothes because he sacrificed. You see, we have examples. And in many cases, there's examples of husbands loving wives, wives loving husbands when they're not very lovable. And we have those examples. 
it's extremely important that we be one of those examples. Will you stand? Musicians, will you come? Love is a choice. Love is a gift. Love is work. Love is sacrificial. Love is transformation. Father, we ask you to do your will and way in this service. If there's someone here that does not know you and the free pardon of sin, we're begging you that they'll come forward and receive you as Savior. Lord, if there's someone that they just need uh, your hand uh, upon them or their marriage or whatever the case may be, we just ask that they'll come forward and receive that touch from you. They can receive it in their seats, certainly, Lord. But we just pray that we'll seek you in the way that you want to be sought. We pray, Lord, that you'll also bless this time as we, uh, after this invitation song, we'll pray over Mandy and just bless that, and we pray for healing. In Jesus' precious and holy name we ask it. Amen. Will you come? Mm -hmm.